Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshod.net. Special episode, dismantling every single thing a minister says about COVID-19 in schools. If you're anything like me, I imagine you spent most of 2021 shouting at the radio when a government minister talked about schools on the airwaves and wondered why the presenter didn't press them further as they got away with every half detail, every bit of gaslighting and every downright untruth. With a week to go before schools are due to reopen in January 2022, Minister Stephen Donnelly was on RTE Radio 1 where he was speaking about public health. And in the last two minutes, the conversation switched to schools. Later on that day, I was on drive time where I was asked about the minister's comments and I said that if I've had the time, I would pick apart every word of what he said about schools, calling it nonsense. Well, I found a bit of time today to do just that. So let's dismantle every single thing a minister says about COVID-19 in schools. Hello, hello, you are welcome to the first episode of 2022 of If I Were the Minister for Education from Anshah.net. This is Simon Lewis speaking. For those of you listening in the future, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're going into our third year of the pandemic, 2022. And weirdly enough, uh, things haven't got better. They've got far worse if we were talking in cases. At the time of recording, we've over 20,000 cases per day in Ireland, which is another new record. And every day, records are being beaten by the number of cases. Unfortunately, it also means hospital cases are going up and inevitably that means uh, there are cases in ICU and potentially there are some deaths in Ireland, which is absolutely awful. Um, in this climate, uh, every Christmas, uh, it seems now to be an annual event. <laughs> this is our second Christmas, so I presume this might be the last of it. I hope it's the last of it. Uh, there's the seasonal um I suppose, the seasonal lamination, no, that's not, lamentation of whether we'll go back to schools in January. If people remember last uh, Christmas, um, we didn't uh, open school buildings in January after a huge amount of horribleness uh, between the media and schools and the government and our unions and it was all very awful uh, with the advocacy groups coming on top and it was a different uh, time I suppose there were no vaccinations available for anybody working in schools. A year on every adult should be vaccinated by the time we get back to school in January. However, uh, children remain um, without any protection from the virus and the variant that's with us. Uh, last January, it was uh, called the beta variant, or it wasn't called the beta variant then. We've just moved to the Greek numbers. It was known as the British variant, which uh, which we don't use anymore, the B117 variant. This year, we have the Omicron uh, variant, which is now uh, responsible for 90-odd percent of the um, infections in people and it is much much more transmissible than um, previous um, variants. Uh, We thought things were bad with Delta. Uh, Well we ain't seen nothing yet with over 20,000 cases per day in Ireland at the moment. 
So uh, it wasn't long ago, uh, really, that uh, we were closing for Christmas uh, with cases on the rise uh, and the fear that uh, this Omicron variant might do what it ended up doing, which was infecting quite a lot of people. And there's lots and lots of fears about returning to school. Um, this was part of a conversation that RTO, RTE Radio 1 had with Minister Stephen Donnelly, who's the health minister uh, at the moment. And he was asked about schools. Now, I listened to this uh, part of the interview and I was kind of surprised by how many things that he said that simply weren't factual. So um, later on in the day, I was asked to go on to drive time to talk about uh, schools reopening. And I was asked about Minister Donnelly's comments and I, I mentioned one or two things, but I did say that I would pick apart almost every single word that he said um, because I felt it was all nonsense. So I decided what I'd do was I would uh, take apart his entire conversation, the two minutes that he had, and explain why what he was saying was nonsense. So we'll get straight into it. And what I'm going to do is play small clips from that interview as, uh, and interject with my own comments as we go along. So hopefully this will boil you up uh, ready for back to school on the 6th of January, uh, get you nice and angry uh, because it certainly made me angry when I was listening to it. And I started 2022 in the same manner as I've been, uh, you know, experiencing the last couple of years by shouting at the radio um, while an interview was going on. So let's start the interview now. I presume you're referring to the reopening of schools. Yes. Yeah, the, sc the schools, the plan is for the schools to reopen. The schools are uh, very controlled environments. Oh, schools are very controlled environments. Well, look, I guess we have to give them credit for not saying schools are safe. Yes, the spin doctors have finally realised that nobody in the country believes it at all. So now it looks like they're trying out synonyms of safe. <laughs> Those crafty devils. Yes, my friends, schools are now controlled environments. Yes, it's such a good word. And what teacher in Ireland doesn't like being in control of their class? It's a nice, dare I say, safe word. Can you imagine a teacher out there saying that their classroom isn't a control environment? Sure, they'd be the headline on the front page of the Daily Mail, you know, like, out of control principal on warpath against minister or something like that. I don't know. That's uh, my uh, my attempt at being a tabloid journalist. Um, the thing is, if you even think about it, though, for a second, what does controlled environment mean? In fact, what is a very controlled environment as Stephen Donnelly just said. It's simply another nonsensical sentence, which means absolutely nothing in terms of COVID-19 prevention. Yes, it's a sciencey sounding word. Yes, we've all heard about control measures in science experiments, which is what schools have felt like basically for the last year or so. And to be honest, it's probably the most accurate way to analyse the sentence. I signed up to be a guinea pig for an experiment twice in my life. Um, the first time was in college, and I can't remember very much about it, except that I had to read a list of words that were in, where they were basically the names of colours, but the words were in a different colour to the word. 
do you know so that that was the one experiment i was involved in <laughs> yes i know college was an exciting and dynamic place in the 1990s anyway the next second time was more recently as in actually just up uh, just a couple of months ago really uh, so i do remember it very clearly i signed up to do an experiment whereby a student was trying to prove that by taking a supplement of some sort one would gain strength more quickly than if one didn't take the supplement so i spent 10 weeks doing these various weights and so on and uh, uh, at the end of the sessions you would take this supplement and um, that was basically the thing. So half of us in the group took the supplement um, and then the other half of us uh, got a placebo basically and now we didn't know what we were getting um, but this placebo or to put it another way we got absolutely nothing a placebo means nothing and for those of you science nerds yes that those who got the placebo or nothing that's called the control group yes the group that gets nothing so we are in a way um yes maybe it is accurate to say that schools are controlled environments if we're looking at that definition of it yes so when donnelly does say that schools are very controlled environments my only explanation is that given that schools are being treated completely differently in terms of covid19 measures than let's say almost every other work environment he's therefore not lying when he says that we are controlled environments we are the placebo yeah give them teachers nothing crack open a window and if they start whinging we'll get the public to tell them to go on the pup if they don't like it that's the way i think it is for example let's not bother with contact tracing either and see what happens and of course we saw what happened within weeks of this experiment not to bother with contact tracing in schools and now that we have the omicron variant raging throughout it's going to be gas altogether in january so yes schools are very controlled environments is only true if stephen donnelly meant it in a science experiment way where schools are some sort of placebo mechanism in some bigger and great experience or sorry experiments yeah <laughs> and before you start thinking i've gone to the dark side and think covid19 is some great big government conspiracy don't worry i'm not i don't think these people are clever or competent enough to do that the reality is that this is now going to be one of the new ways to say schools are safe without saying schools are safe. Uh, all of the information that uh, I've been given, all of the advice I have, uh, says that whilst of course uh, you can get infection within the schools, they are substantially safer, for example, uh, than children being outside of school. This is the one uh, that I took on on the drive time interview and, and called it nonsense twice apparently. My understanding is that swearing is frowned upon on the national broadcaster. Who would have thought? But you could replace my word nonsense with a much stronger word. Now, however, I don't swear on this podcast either, I'm afraid. So just in case you've got kitties in the backseat, don't worry, don't, you don't have to uh, press pause or stop. Um, and, you know, if you're on your own, simply replace the word nonsense with any swear word you like in your head. So let's break the nonsense down. Now, as we know, we don't say schools are safe anymore. Remember that? You know, the spin doctor said, actually, do you know what? That's not working anymore. They're controlled environments. But that doesn't stop ministers and their lapdogs from trotting out that they are safer. Okay? Add an R to the end of the word. It softens things. Yes, it softens things a lot. Safer doesn't necessarily mean safe, but it does contain the sound of the word safe. So, in reality, what people hear is that schools are safe. Er. Anyway, that aside, let's take this at face value. 
Okay, so we're going to pretend that this is no way, you know, ominous in any way that they mean schools are safer. They should have said that in the first place. So schools are safer. Sorry, sorry, substantially safer, to quote the minister, than children outside of schools. Now, you might ask, why is this nonsense? Sure, when children aren't in their controlled environment of the school, don't they transform into completely irresponsible and uncontrollable maniacs once they go home, hanging out in their dangerous households as their families riddle them with that COVID-19? And aren't they breathing out their disgusting viral loads all over the cinemas and McDonald's and playgrounds and they're licking everything and breathing all over the place like animals? Oh... That seems to be the narrative, anyway, of the spin doctors. To be fair, they've successfully argued this, and you hear it quoted back all over the place. When I'm not being a highly controlling representative of a school, by the way, I'm also one of those Egypt parents. You know, those loose fools with no control whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of them. I'm a parent. Yes, as soon as my child leaves the school building, he switches on his COVID spreading button and starts coughing and spluttering and licking and spitting and breathing and spreading his germs to the community. And outside of schools, oh sure, I don't have to tell you this, it's absolute carnage. Thank goodness I get to send him away from the death trap of his home where there are two adults and lots of different rooms to split ourselves up. And he gets to go to a single small room with 30 other people for six hours. Oh, we're so lucky. But even if this isn't a nonsensical argument that schools are safer than homes, let me carry on the nonsense. The fact of the matter is, we actually have no idea whether schools are safer than other environments because we stopped contact tracing in schools at the end of September. Every single case that occurs in a school is no longer traced within the school and even when schools contact public health to tell them of suspected outbreaks in their school, public health almost always consider it a community transmission with absolutely no evidence to back it up. Now, the most famous example of this in the last few months was the school in Wexford, where the principal said she could nearly see where the virus was hopping um, in, in the school. And her board uh, decided to close her school on health and safety grounds and were forced to reopen it. But all of the cases in that school were put down as community transmission, not school transmission. In other words, because we haven't been tracking the cases properly, we have absolutely no idea whether schools are safer or not. Now, logic would suggest that schools are at best as safe as the community, but because you are cramming 30 children into small rooms where none of them have the vaccine, it would seem to me to be a prime territory for a virus to want to grow and spread. <laughs> but who needs logic when you have manipulated and outdated data? You wouldn't mind if I could just push back a bit on, on, on the characterisation of the schools. The teachers and the schools have gone to huge efforts to make sure that they're safe. Oh, spare me. I can't wait to find out what we did. Um, you know, the, these huge efforts. You know, I think we opened windows and maintained the same classroom layouts that we've had for over 20 years. Is that, is that what the huge efforts are? I mean, you see, this sentence is meaningless. I mean, the huge efforts we have made have had nothing to do with keeping classrooms safe. The huge efforts we have made have been to keep classrooms open despite having no safety measures. And sure, we didn't, oh yeah, fine, look, sure, we, we didn't mix our groups, that's fair enough, you know, I mean, you know, that's fine. We didn't teach Tin Whistle, and um, yeah, fair enough, we changed our teaching methodologies back to some more old school ones, but these weren't to keep classrooms safe. They were necessary in spite of safety measures. And for me, 
This nonsense. This is gaslighting. Again, oh, we've made you know, the schools have made huge efforts. The teachers and schools have gone to huge efforts. That bit of the sentence is true. I won't, you can't deny that. We actually have gone to huge efforts. But to make sure that schools are safe, that bit is the gaslighting. It's a fantastic example of fake praise. But hold on. Donnelly decided to make a list of those huge efforts. Did you hear them? Let's hear them. There's an awful lot of safety protocols in place, an awful lot of measures that are in place, CO2 monitors, pods, uh, masks and a lot of other things. So I don't think it's fair to characterise the schools as you have. Yeah, I loved it. I, I mean, I, I actually, to be honest, I love this. CO2 monitors, pods, masks um, and, and stuff. Yeah, so just to reiterate my comments, in case you thought I was being harsh, the minister thinks teachers made huge efforts to make their schools safe by sharing, let's say, four CO2 monitors between 18 classrooms because they didn't supply enough CO2 monitors to schools. They supplied a few CO2 monitors to, to schools. They renamed groups of tables to a cosy word called pod and asking some children to wear masks. Oh, and a lot of other things. So in other words, from the list you can see, the minister is talking nonsense. If he had have said, teachers have kept windows open even when temperatures are freezing outside, if he had have said that teachers have changed their teaching methodologies to ensure little to no movement within classrooms, if he had have said providing learning for children who have to isolate away from the classroom, if he had have said that they've come to school knowing, uh, you know, that they've come to school knowing that given the lack of protections made available to them, they could catch the virus at any time, and many did, then yes, I might have accepted the fake praise from him. But he didn't. He said, CO2 monitors, pods, masks, and stuff. We, they have shown consistently uh, that the level of infection within the schools is substantially lower than in the community. So we're back to this nonsense again, absolute nonsense. If saying it once wasn't enough, in the space of 90 seconds, he has managed to say that schools are safer than the community, for which there is absolutely no evidence. The new schools are safe is schools are safer than the communities. Ergo, there's no reason whatsoever to do anything at all in terms of safety measures for school. That seems to be the logic. And it seems to be working quite well uh, based on the feedback that seems to be coming from the uh, from the public. So effectively, um, we're no longer saying schools are safe. We're saying schools are safer and they're controlled environments. Well done. And I think, in fact, we need to uh, we need to give praise to the teachers, the principals, to the students themselves. I just do you know what? I just want to say it loud and clear. I do not want Stephen Donnelly's praise or thanks. And nor do I want it from any of the ministers, politicians or representative bodies because firstly, they don't mean it. Secondly, if they did mean it, they would have made sure mitigation measures were in school in a timely manner. And thirdly, it's just total gaslighting. They're not doing anything. To, uh, it, it's so easy to say, oh, we should give praise to these people from your lovely homes when you're happy out, uh, putting yourself in absolutely no danger whatsoever. It's absolute gaslighting. I mean, he wasn't even answering the question that was asked of him. His spin doctors obviously told him, now, Stephen, before you go on, just make sure that you give praise to the teachers, the principals and the students um, oh, and the parents as well. Now, he left out the parents this time, so he'll probably get his hand slapped by one of the PR gurus. Anyway, this is only this is the only part of the interview which he might argue is true and he really means it. And I'm very aware that he's received several correspondences from teachers, especially in his own counting, pleading for help 
for which, you know, he, but my understanding is he didn't even bother responding in most cases. So I'm not sure whether he's being really, um, I don't sure if he's gaslighting or being truthful here, but um, I don't want his thanks. Thank you. Well, well, the the decision is that the schools will reopen, and I, I I'm not aware of any other uh, European country that is considering closing its schools at this time. Yeah. So when I heard this, do you know what I did? I did a Google search in case I was asked later on the drive time interview about it. Well, within ten seconds of googling, I got several countries in Europe that are considering closing schools at this time. In fact, I'd forgotten one. The Netherlands has already decided to close schools for an extra week. Wales is giving schools an extra few days to get themselves ready for reopening due to Omicron. And Belgium and the rest of the UK are also grappling with the idea of this uh, this time. And this was all before Minister Donnelly's interview. That's after 10 seconds of Googling I found all that. And, you know, what more can be said? I'm not aware of any European countries that are considering closing schools at this time. And a 10 second Google will tell you of a number of countries in Europe that are considering closing schools at this time. Again, in 90 seconds, how many things have I had to point out? And then the interview ended. Roughly just under 120 seconds and about six or arguably seven things that the minister said that simply weren't true or at best could be technically a bit true or to put it a different way mostly nonsense however i just want to say this isn't personal uh, at all i mean i i know this is about an interview but it's not a personal crusade against minister donnelly to be fair to him uh, and his department um i mean i could be first of all you know i could be talking about any of the politicians any of the represented bodies or any of these people they all say the same thing it was very easy to do this reaction to uh, the interview because I think I probably said exactly the same things um, hundreds of times over the last year and a half. And it just, I suppose, on New Year's Eve, I, I, I suppose ending 2021 with that interview really riled me to the point where I just, you can't, you can't, you can't not say anything. But, you know, as I said, it's not personal against Stephen Donnelly. As I said, in fairness to his department, the vaccine role, it's generally very impressive, especially as time goes on. I feel I need to say these things. It's ridiculous. But I feel I should say it. You have to give credit where credit's due. Um, now, the thing is, someone in the HSE, though, if me, I'm going, oh, in fairness, see, the vaccine role has been very good. It's very, very impressive, especially as time went on. But someone in the HSE, because I'm not in the HSE, I'm just Joe Public here, might say that I've been drawn into more nonsense by simply believing the data the Department of Health spouts out. And that's probably fair. Well, the vaccine rollout seems to be really, really good. There seems to be all sorts of problems with PCR testing, and we seem to have the highest number of cases of the virus per capita in Europe at the moment. And essentially what I'm trying to say is, I don't really, I don't, actually, I don't really, I know, I don't blame people at all for believing every word a minister says. And I actually don't blame the minister even for believing every word he or she says themselves. That sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? But hear me out, because I don't think the minister Minister Donnelly, in this case, could have the slightest clue about schools in the same way that he knows nothing, probably, about Mika and buildings underneath Gaul, in the same way he knows nothing about social housing. But as a minister, he's supposed to be able to answer all sorts of questions relating not only to his own remit, which in his case is health, but also of other ministries. And therefore, the media, his media people, so his spin doctors, give him a bunch of buzzwords and he simply echoes what he, you know, those buzzwords and also what's generally he, he hears in the news. He obviously keeps up to date and listens to his colleagues speaking. But the problem is that these ministers are speaking to the media 
with some sort of authority in their voices and, and, and you know why why are they speaking it with like the things he said he wasn't say he wasn't saying them kind of like, i don't really know kind of thing but he was kind of saying with authority and you know to me i i, I would rather he would say do you know what this isn't my department you know i don't have a clue i don't have enough of a clue to be able to answer your question however i have heard you know, whatever, and he could mention some of the things that he said in this, but you'd really have to talk to the Minister for Education to get a more in-depth sort of knowledge about this. Um, so maybe you should do that. But unfortunately, the ministers, these John, it's not just him, it's lots of others, they simply throw out these banal tropes that you hear everywhere, and he ends up, and, and they all end up making idiots themselves and spouting out nonsense about schools, which they've no idea about, no knowledge of, and they rely on sound bites from their spin doctors. And I said, it's not personal. It's just I could talk about any minister, any politician here, and I could even talk about representative bodies. But you know what? I'm going to just focus on the ministers and the politicians here. I might leave the representative bodies for another episode. So there you have it. Um, a reaction to that interview on the 31st of December 2021. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as we move into 2022, I hope I can still provide you with some new episodes of this podcast. Um, I'm going to be going through uh, different issues in the education system. I'll obviously uh, keep recording things about um, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, as news comes in, I suppose. Uh, as I'm recording this on the 1st of January 2022, uh, the big question still is whether schools will open or not. The current situation is that they will. There's a meeting on Tuesday, the 4th of January about it. Oh, get the excitement. Well, anyway, I'll keep you up to date as I can. And any uh, particular um, uh, sort of news that comes out, I'll, uh, as I said, I'll keep you up to date. I'm also happy to talk to anybody uh, on an interview situation. Uh, I'd love to chat to people. I've had four interviews uh, this year and I've really enjoyed doing them. And I like to pick topics that are maybe a little bit different. Um, and um, and I hope you, if you have listened to those, you've enjoyed them. Um, if you would like to subscribe to this podcast, uh, as I said, I, I record these uh, podcasts whenever I have time. So as soon as I record them, I really post them up, but I don't advertise them until Friday evening, just in honour of the Department of Education's time when they release information. Um, but uh, if you're a subscriber, you get them much earlier, much more um you know, I suppose uh, at a better time, at a, a more appropriate time. That's the quite kind of the word. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review because that will help other people find it. Listen, thanks so much for listening. Happy New Year to you all. And uh, we'll catch you again at the next episode. All the best. Bye bye.